You've come to the right place. If you're a course creator looking to build more impact, income, and freedom, LMS Cast is the number one podcast for course creators just like you. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I'm the co-founder of the most powerful tool for building, selling, and protecting engaging online courses called Lifter LMS. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. I'm joined by a special guest, Vito Peleg from WPFeedback.co. It's a visual communication tool. So if you build WordPress LMS websites for clients and you're trying to make it easier for your clients to communicate with you and do revision requests and have better conversation, we'll get into that later in the episode. But first, Vito, welcome to the call. Hi, how you doing, Chris? Uh, thanks for having me. I'm excited for this conversation because we're going to kind of go behind the curtain a little bit. And I want to start with um, Vito and my story, how they're kind of similar. We're product yeah. people. Um, you know, I have an LMS software. You have a visual communication tool for people building WordPress sites. But we didn't, we're, at the end of the day, we started as freelancers. And it's been a journey. Like, what's the, what was your uh, progression into getting into this whole website thing and how long right. has this journey been for you? So I, I actually, the first website that I built, I was uh, literally 14 years old, uh, just at home in my parents' place. How, uh, how long ago was that? That was uh, 20 years. Yeah, 20 years last month. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and, uh, and it was, uh, you know, like a skateboarding website for my crew back, uh, back in the day <laughs> uh, on Ge- GeoCities, if you remember that platform. Yeah. Uh, then, uh, I kind of like left that aside cause I wanted to be a musician. So I pursued that for, for uh, a lot of years and that what actually got me back into it eventually. So, um, um, I had a band and we were touring the world. It was doing pretty well. Uh, we were touring all over Europe. Uh, uh, we did like two albums worldwide and stuff like that. Uh, but the problem is that there was no money in it, you know? So we were touring and playing in front of people, but still we couldn't make uh, ends meet. And so I started building websites from client for clients, literally from the back of the van while we were touring the world on the road. And that was my, uh, start, uh, you know, that was the beginning of my web design business as a freelancer. Uh, then uh, once we turned 30 and it wasn't really cool to, uh, you know, to hang out with four other smelly guys in a van anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I kind of, uh, we stopped that part. And uh, then I said, all right, let's see how big I can make this thing. Um, and I started growing that, uh, uh, that agency. I was a freelancer at first. Uh, within the first year, we got to six figures in uh, revenue here in London. And uh, within year three, I already had a team of 12 guys uh, in my agency. And, uh, through our problems and through my kind of struggles of scaling past uh, 10, 12 people, um, I found that no matter where I looked, all our problems came down to client communications. That's what was wasting most of the profits within the agency. Uh, so um, I, I, I became obsessed with finding a solution for this. We tried everything and then we ended up building our own and which exploded now. That's what is WP Feedback. That's awesome. And just for the listener, if you don't know my story, the quick version is similar to Vito's. In 2007, I started blogging uh, just for myself and uh, a niche outdoor leadership. I was actually living in Alaska. And I, a lot of the stuff I did, there wasn't even a cell phone signal where I lived. <laughs> and over time, I, you know, I wanted to be able to live anywhere in the world so, and, and have uh, location freedom. So I developed the skill set of 
building websites for clients, after I learned, hey, this is not that hard. I'm a non-developer. Um, I can build sites using WordPress. I evolved from freelancer into agency owner. And then we focused our agency on the um, membership site, online course, uh, training, training platform, coaching industry. And, you know, really focused there and grew and then later built a product off the back end of that. So it's a very similar story. Yeah, but very these, much. These two gentlemen that are talking to you today aren't product people. I mean, we are product people, but we didn't just start with product. Our, you know, our I, DNA I would, is in the freelancer and the agency. Yeah. I would even say that this is the natural progression, you know, like if you want to scale things up. Um, I, I see a lot of uh, product people that that jumped these stages, you know, that, that didn't serve people, that didn't do the, uh, you know, the agency part of it. And uh, they have a lot, they have a lot, a lot harder, uh, you know, growing the product and getting that traction compared to us. Because, you know, product is like the easy life compared to agency, <laughs> the agency world. Yeah. Uh, so once you go through that, uh, this is, uh, you know, this is just a walk in the park. Yeah, I mean, I can hear in my head, like it's almost like a, like from working with so many clients, like you, you develop this empathy and you kind yes. of feel the pains and the frustrations and that really informs products. So if you look at, you know, Vito, you, with WP Feedback, it's had a lot of success quickly, but I yeah. know you have all these voices in your head and real conversations that you have that you really understand the pain points that... um some of these people building sites for clients and having it become a successful project. It's not something you have to go out and research because you live and breathed it for so long. Exactly. I mean, you, still, you are sure the you target still, audience. Yeah. 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 Which So especially if it's your first product, software product, that's super helpful to scratch your own itch. I see people that do that have higher odds of success than like, Oh, I see an opportunity over here to In make money. Market. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't really, I'm not Zen with the problem. That's, that's, exactly. that's a big disadvantage. And, well, and you know, I'll say even more than that, uh, we only have one life, so you better do something that you enjoy doing. And if you're serving a problem, you're solving a problem that you had, um, it's a lot more powerful. We, and I've been there before. You know, I tried to jump into an industry and uh, and do whatever I wanted, try to make it work there. But then you find that there are people like us within this industry that has been there for more than 10 years and uh, have the level of expertise and the level of knowledge within this unique niche that we will never have, you know, going into it uh, uh, from a fresh start. So, yeah, I, I would say always look into your own experience to see what you can learn from there in order to take you to the next level instead of starting something completely new. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Well, for those of people listening that build websites for clients or are thinking about doing that, especially in the online training niche, um, what there's this pain point when you work with an expert uh, and I've worked with a lot of them from like yoga to real estate to business right. to, um, you know, personal development, all these different niches where there's what I it's called. There's a cognitive bias to get a little geeky on you called the fundamental attribution error, which means okay. that if I am good at something like building websites or dog training or yoga or real estate or whatever it is that I kind of think since I'm good at that, I'll, I'll be good at this other thing too and be able to do right. it. And, and there's like this tension I, between the, the Michael website, Jordan effect. 
What is it called? The Michael Jordan effect, where he thought <laughs> he can do everything, but uh... <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's a good name for it too. And but like the website builder, you know, is good at building websites and like marketing and stuff like that. And the the expert is like really good at their thing, and they're like, I just yeah. want a website. I want to be able to sell my course online or my membership site. But then there's this conflict that happens. Can you talk about that intersection? Yeah, sure. So this is actually something that people experience across the service uh, uh, industry uh, or the sector even, you know, it doesn't really matter what what you do. But when you're serving people that are new to the topic that you're actually delivering the service in, uh, you're going to find that the difference in reality is creating a lot of frictions. Uh, What I mean is that uh, when we look at a website, we don't just see a website. We see the color scheme, we see the layout, we see the functions, we can see the code through the screen. Uh, we basically see the matrix. Uh, but when uh, one of our clients is looking at a website, all they see is like a rectangular box, right? With some colors inside. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and that's the beginning of, we need to start from there to really understand how to communicate with someone. If we realize that that's how they see what we're seeing in 3D or through the matrix, as I like to call it, uh, then it's a lot easier to communicate with that because then all of these nonsense about, oh my God, this guy doesn't understand what the hell I'm talking about. Like he, he's got to be stupid or something like that. You kind of take on that responsibility as the service provider to understand that it's something that we need to deal with uh, and we need to eat that complication for the client so that it's a smooth process for them. So instead of forcing them into some kind of a technological uh, process that we create, you know, as techies, we like to complicate things. We, we love complicated systems. That's part of our thing. Uh, but on the other side, like you said, there is a real estate guy or a yoga instructor or, a, or like we talked before, like a dog trainer that's doing an online course. Why would they know how to approach this project from the beginning? Uh, so that is the initial essence of what uh, uh, what our tool is trying to solve. This is where we started this, and then we started looking at the two types of people: the client that is non have no idea how to look at a website, and the developer that has a lot of technical needs uh, to actually deliver this project. Uh, yeah. I, just, I just want to talk about like there's two types of people out there, um, and there's you have a choice and. To make it really dramatic, you have to choose like hate or love. And if we take it out of this industry and look at something different, just as an example, if we look at building houses, or let's say you're building a house with a builder, or you're doing a remodel or something, you'll hear people say things like, oh, everybody hates their contractor by the time right. it's done. <laughs> or, and you'll hear, hear, if you're in the building industry, You'll hear people say like clients, homeowners are terrible. They're they're awful. In between these two is a a business exists. Yes. If you, if you have good clients and as a freelancer agency, if you have love in your heart and there's this big divide between our different realities, there's a huge opportunity. And if you, that's so true. Yeah. Now it all clicks like what you, uh, what you mean there, because if you start from the hate, then the entire communica- the entire process is just a nightmare. Why would we do it to ourselves? Not why would we not love uh, the other side? You know, that's that's a great point. Yeah, and you, it's easy to um, like in the web industry, you'll hear people complaining about clients, and and if you're a um, freelancer agency owner, you'll hear people coming in to your services 
uh, asking questions and they talk about how they had such a bad experience and yeah. the trust is like their trust is down. They're a little jaded. They're upset. They need a little more help from you to trust them, which is actually a big opportunity and how you can position yourself in an industry just like home construction when you build websites where you can have a better way and present a better future and a better working relationship. I agree. And I think that if we look at it, even from the contractor point of view, it all comes down to the communication. So if, I, if you have a contractor that tells you that things will be late before they are late, then it wouldn't be as hard as to hear it like three months after uh, there's, there's, you missed the deadline. You know, that's a miscommunication. Uh, and that's usually what happens with contractors, right? Uh, or, or if something is not going to be delivered on time or if something needs a little more attention than it should have. That, that lack of communication is what breaks down most relationships in this world. Um, and I even like to look at this like, you know, if you bring it down to the most basic aspect of it, it's a game of catch. If, if I throw the ball at you um, and you don't catch it, you, you're going to blame me that I threw it wrong, right? Right. You don't want me to catch it. You just threw it over the, and you, you get upset. I get upset because we have no game and everyone's pissed off at each other. So uh, like the point is to try and get to um, a, a scenario or a system where when you throw the ball to the other side, they want to catch it and they can't catch it because it's in within, they can actually see it and it's in within their reality. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And I was wondering if you could speak a little bit about the problem of, um, like lingo and words right. like where so like if you're building a house like some the contractor's going to know all the names of all these parts that you have never ever heard of same happens with the website where yeah you know if the the web person starts talking about php and css3 and all this oh, stuff yeah. and what they're going to do with the templates um the client doesn't necessarily have the um the skills or they don't have the the lingo they don't understand yeah. it and if they're and why would they they shouldn't no that's why they're hiring you so yeah. <laughs> and if um but they also may need some help figuring out what they want so you kind of have to anticipate you need to ask some questions in ways that they can understand to help pull out so that your best guess becomes the website and then you need to have a conversation over that but um can you tell us about visual communication versus verbal sure. like words? So th that's uh, that's what we found. So when we did all of these kind of uh, uh, testing around all of the different options of which are to communicate with clients, uh, we found that visual communication works best because you can you can explain something not only with words like you're describing and you can show something. So sharing your screen or having like a video call, uh, even us, even now that we're doing this uh, conversation right now, even though it's going to be recorded uh, mostly for sound, um, it's nice to see you. You know, it, it, it brings a lot into this conversation. The fact that we can see each other and have that communication uh, uh, in, visually. Um, so we try, we, the, the idea is to, take this concept into the website and bring it to the point where the client can actually point at something and tell you what they need changing, what they want to do. That's why, you know, um, when you do like a, a, when you have that delivery process that has the sitemap as the architecture event uh, at the beginning, if we're going back to the construction example, you start by communicating that basic aspect of what the structure will be. That's the blueprint or the sitemap in our case. Uh, then you go on to do the prototype, which are the, you know, the foundations of the building. So they can also see another step of what's thing, what's been going on. Giving those visual stimulations is a lot stronger than telling them, listen, 
and we're going to have a home page and we have like three custom post types with two taxonomies and uh, and it's going to have five categories in each the guy already lost you yeah. uh, but when they see it, there's a flowchart in the visual sitemap that that just all clicks instantly so bringing a lot of the visual feedback uh, visual uh, uh, aspect into the relationship uh, definitely helps in in uh, in communicating any aspect of that uh, that process to the client um, I, I would even say more than that that when it comes to um, uh, you know when it comes to uh, uh, these small bits and pieces that we have to ask for like what is the screen size that you're on what is the browser version that you're on so as you ask what the browser is and they tell you browser uh, yes I'm using a, a desktop right? right that's the answer um, so, so trying to not get into these conversations, not, uh, not needing to ask these questions actually will help you a lot in your, um, in your relationship. Uh, you know, asking for screenshots, asking for URLs. This is not something that most people that don't sit in front of a screen all day long know what the hell we're talking about. So we got to start from there and keep the lingo out. It's not for them. You know, it's for us in these kind of talks where we can uh, openly uh, talk about custom post types and the, uh, you know, LMS, even that <laughs> term, I guess, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when we're, when you like kind of have love for a client as opposed to hate, you realize that it's going to be a process, not of event to deliver a website for a client. Sure. And, like if you navigate the client expectations of like, hey, we're going to have these revision cycles and it's going to yes. be an iterative process where this website evolves, but I need your feedback as we go to make sure that we're heading in the right direction and I'm getting insights from you. You're learning from me how I think about building a great online experience through a website, um, but we need a bit way to communicate. Uh, so. WP Feedback, just to kind of get away from the lingo right yeah. now, go to WPFeedback.co to see what we're talking about. Yeah. But, uh, I would say if, if we're getting away from the lingo, I would describe it in a sentence as like post-it notes for the live website. Uh, yeah. So it, it, the, the simulation is like you're pointing at the screen and telling the other side what's up. It just binds that request to the div so you know exactly where the request is. Yeah, and there's two ways you can do it too. Um, you can do it. You can just like have the client do it as homework, like asynchronously, not at the same time. Right. Or like when you're having that review call with the client, you or somebody on your team can also be on the call, like on the Zoom or whatever, or where, however you're communicating. And as the client is talking, that you're dropping these post-it notes or these pins to capture the feedback visually, like, oh, they don't like this. And you might even be translating what they're saying. And, oh, right. maybe we should add this over here. There's a lot, a lot that can go on there. Yeah, and that can be passed on if that's the process and the project manager, let's say, is doing that. That can be passed on to the designer then to sort out without without having it like in a spreadsheet or a list. But what we recommend is actually uh, asking the client to do this. So we designed it in a way that will be approachable for the most uh, uh, illiterately technical technological uh, clients, you know? So, uh, so that when they see the website, they see this big plus button and we train them with just one sentence. Please click the plus icon and choose any element on the website to tell us what you need. That's it. 
so instead, so even even though I said that uh, videos work best for us, the the disadvantage that we found there is that when you have this conversation face to face, usually what happens is that after you do a few changes, uh, if you do the changes in real time, then the client quickly uh, quickly becomes like the navigator of this conversation, and his hand is basically placed on yours he's moving the mouse and you're just doing the work uh, so and that's really bad for creativity uh, so we wanted to get that out of the way so you can tell them there is a revision okay now we're done with the initial design go to the website click the plus icon and choose any element on the website tell us what you need uh, they're going to sprinkle those stickers all around the site then you go back you close that process uh, and then you go through all the changes in one go and it's just super efficient from that aspect because you have it where you need it instead of looking for it on in fragmented emails and stuff keep listening this podcast is not over this is just a special message about this episode's sponsor wp tonic managed wordpress lms hosting think of it as everything you need to have a professional online course training platform right out of the box, ready to go. Find out more about WP Tonics managed WordPress LMS hosting by going to lifterlikes.com forward slash tonic. Now back to the show. Yeah, just to just to highlight that efficiency. Um, I mean, if you don't do it this way, the painful way to do it is to send a link to some development site oh, yeah. by email to your client like, Hey, let me know what you think. And then you get yes. back like paragraphs of stuff or you jump on a call and do it live <laughs> and, and you do it at the same time where they're, uh, they're just like talking about it, yeah. but and you're trying to figure out like what they mean by that, that that's really painful. But if you do it asynchronously and you do it visually, they may take like a, an entire week or weekend to like slowly and methodically go through there's no pressure like all right we've only got 30 minutes or an hour for the call they could take right. as much time as they want and then the feedback you know lands and, and when there's not that pressure of we're meeting and like you said I, I love that analogy of having somebody's hand on your like over <laughs> your hand moving the mouse yeah it can go in a it can go too fast and and maybe it becomes harder sometimes as a as a web professional you need to push back and be like i hear your feedback there but have but you considered that this yes. this making your logo 10 times bigger or whatever right. might actually hurt the user experience on your website exactly but it's not it's yeah. not about accepting everything it's about giving them the the uh, the opportunity to be heard um and that's that's with every customer service that's what people want they just want to be heard um you know even if you don't do what exactly what they ask for because you have a different way a better way uh, so I agree. This is kind of the the essence of it. In terms of the timing around revision round, um, what we found is that if you don't put a time cap on it, it just lingers. You know, it just stays for sometimes even years. Uh, we now with with our customers, we with our users, we heard of stories that people waited years to get feedback back just because they didn't. Uh, give them the right process or the right system. Uh, they didn't give the client the right system to actually deliver the content in an easy way um, or, you know, the revision. So, um, um, so do limit this. What we like to do is we give it seven days because like you said, a lot of people like to do it over the weekend. They take the time with it. Uh, so, um, so we give them seven days. That's the revision round. If there's nothing after the seven days, then 
it's done. You know, the, the, um, we close this step within the build because there's still deadlines to maintain, you know, so you can't just let it uh, go forever. Um, but having that time, that time kind of frame um, actually activates the client because we all need deadlines in, in life in order for us to do actions. Uh, so that's a great way of, um, um, of nurturing that. Um, yeah, once you get the stuff in, you just get the notifications seeing that people have done it, that the, the other side has done it. Then you just turn it off for them. You start working on your side. That's awesome. For the, I have a question for the advanced user out there yes. who's, who's like, all right, they're trying to put together their package. They do, we do this type of membership site for clients. It comes with, this is our like discovery process. Yes. This is our build process. This is our re revision process. This is our deployment process. Once you become advanced as a, as a freelancer or agency, you start developing these clear systems that you use. But when it comes to revisions, I love that idea of like, we're going to go through a revision cycle now you, your project came with three yes, or two or whatever it is. And we, we're going to go, you know, week one, revision one, week two, revision two, whatever the, the cadence is. What happens or what advice do you have for people in terms of quantity problems where let's say um, they get like way, way, way a lot of feedback that's like almost like we have to start over versus somebody right. who gets like no feedback. Right. It's not like the perfect amount of feedback we either like really they don't like it at all and everything's just kind of on fire or I have a client who's being quiet. Maybe I knocked it out of the park or maybe they're just, they don't know how to communicate or they're scared to critique my work or something. So. Um, th those are two great points. And these, these are concerns whenever you go into a project um, having those systems in place, having discovery, our, our, our steps were, yeah, you do the discovery, then we do the sitemap, then you do prototype, then you do the build then you launch. This was that, the, the framework. Um, so each one of these has had a, um, a deliverable and a signature by the client so that you can move on to the next step. This really helped us solve what you, what you described, which you know, we call uh, the scope creep, right? Uh, someone that just wants more and more stuff as the project goes along and it never ends. And we all, we all fell into this hole at some point or another. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's going to happen. Um, but having these kind of uh, steps in place, well, okay, when you do the sitemap, you agree that these are all the pages. Any other pages are out of scope. You know, it's out of the project. So you only agreed on what pages you're going to have. Then when you do the prototype, you already agree what the layout is going to be like. Um, and so then once you get to the actual revision process, the, the design revision process, uh, then it should only be like small bits and pieces. We never limited people on how many stuff they can send us. But like we said before, it doesn't mean that we're going to do all of it. Uh, you know, if they want like, you know, like a massive logo uh, that is taking 50% of the above the fold section, then no. <laughs> yeah. You know, if they want uh, some colors that, are, that have problem with, uh, uh, with contrast and all these kind of stuff, then no, there is a better way of doing this. Uh, and we're going to provide a solution. Uh, I, see the, I see us as, you know, if the client presents a, a challenge or challenges the design, it, it's not that this is what we need to do. It just means that something is bothering them there. But also going to the beginning of understanding that the reality is different, probably the way that they describe it or the solution that they have in mind is not as good as you would have uh, if you just put your mind to it for just a few minutes. Uh, so... Um, 
uh, we're in the we're taking feedback, but we're giving our own solutions. And this is actually something that I see now in the product world as well, Chris. When when we get feature requests all the time, yeah. uh, you don't do what they tell you. They you think of the concept or, or what led to that problem uh, of them needing this feature, and then you build it within your own uh, vision or your own uh, north star, as I like to call it. Uh, so um, yeah, we're just solution givers at the end of the day. That's the uh, that's the game. So, um, yeah, I think that, that answered the question. That's, the, that's good. Yeah. And I, I, I had an idea pop into my head as you were talking as well, which is you could say, uh, it's going to be this week and yes. up to 10 hours of development hours revision. And that way you have, you've literally capped the downside of that. But then that leads to the next question, which goes back to love versus hate. Yeah. Do you love scope creep most people would say no do you hate scope creep most people will say yes it's the it's the bane of my existence right but if so you they, if you put your stuff in the right like parameters as a freelancer agency owner you love it because that means more money more work exactly <laughs> and exactly. the uh, and if you navigate the client early like this is how it works you're going to discover things and later you're going to be like, hey, can you move this wall over here in the house? Be like, that's scope creep, but that's going to yeah. be an extra $30,000 or whatever exactly. it is. That yeah. way they're not surprised when it happens. That doesn't mean you don't throw in little bonuses to just right. delight them. But if you to do that too much, a little bit. if you do it too much, it becomes a big problem. So. I totally agree. And and these steps are there to just define the, this wall is here so that when this comes, you can uh, confidently charge that extra 30K, like you, like you said. Uh, so, uh, so, yeah, it's very important to have this, but um, you actually want these clients. You want people that are using their own website and that are engaging with you and that, uh, that are on it, you know, because these are people that will actually build a business online compared to the other people that, you know, some, some think that, or a lot of people think that you just splash a website on the internet and that's it. I'm a millionaire the day after, right? Uh, so, uh, so getting the people that understand that it's work, that it's a sh- you're building like a building a physical shop, you know, just online. Um, so, or a f- uh, digital school, you know, instead of a physical school. Uh, then uh, these are the ones that will come back and build more landing pages, add more features to their membership area, uh, you know, create multilingual or create like uh, multi-currency functions in the future. All of these kind of awesome upsells that we're looking for, you know, when we're trying to run a business long term. Yeah, because what people really want, especially if they're already moving and successful with their expertise, is they want a technology partner Yes. Not just somebody to throw up a website. I mean, if you've done well, they're, they could be with you for a long time. Yeah, and, yeah, for years. Like we, yeah. we had clients that we started their first, we did their first website and uh, we're growing together, you know. Now like they, they were just a guy in a room and now they have offices and stuff and so do we. And um, uh, yeah, it's, it's part of the, it's, it's, that's the fun part of it, you know, when you look back and you see those clients that stuck with you uh, and that relationship didn't go didn't uh, go bad at some point, which unfortunately you will have some that it will. Yeah, and part of that too is just uh, qualifying your leads or uh, figuring out who you want to help and serve. For example, this is why the opportunity is so awesome in the uh, online learning industry um, is because the website 
is the business or at least a part of the business. It's not just a brochure. So this is something that's very valuable to the client. And it's there to generate revenue. It is, which makes it really valuable. And if you have expertise in that area and you can remove friction and help them be their technology person, that's, there's a ton of value and mutually beneficial for you, them and their um, client or students or whatever. I agree. So and it's it, such a growing industry as well. You know, like the online courses is just exploding at the moment, isn't it? It is huge. And if, um, you know, if you focus on a niche like um, dog training or yoga or business, whatever it is, if somebody is already, let's say, like a speaker or running these workshops or live events and they're, you know, tired of living on planes and sleeping yeah. in the hotels or whatever, and they're trying to, you know, automate and bring things online. That's a really good client because they've already got money. They've already proven they can help people with their expertise. Right. Um, There's a lot of value you can add to each other. For sure. And I think that comes to what we just, we we said right in the beginning where if you find those people that you know that they are legit, you know, that they live their niche and they, this is what they, they live and breathe. Uh, then you know that there is an actual potential there. And you see that with clients through an agency all the time, the ones that just try to jump into something that they never touched before or the people that swam within this industry for decades before they took that step of going on their own. And it's a clear path to success when you do that. Another great thing too with working with somebody who's already you know, moving and making money is they're in their way, they're an entrepreneur as well. So yeah. they're not just, it's not just an idea like they're already moving, so yes. there's there's going to be some mutual understanding of how the process works, and you know even things like it's not it's not about what I like or you like, it's about what the customer likes and yes. what they want and need. That's that's what entrepreneurs figure that lesson out. It's not about our yeah. preferences. So yeah, it's not our preference or uh, what the neighbor's <laughs> wife said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, there's a there's more of an open mind there. Well, that's awesome. Tell us. Um, anything about WP feedback um, that you think makes it super special? And I don't know, any, any other final thoughts for the people that sure. are building LMS websites for clients? They want to use WordPress for that. And, and um, yeah, what, what, are your, what are your thoughts for the people who are, who've, whose curiosity we've piqued in this conversation? Right. So I think that the first thing to really consider is the fact that 94%, we did our research before starting this, this thing, and we surveyed 600 WordPress professionals to see how they run their own business. And we found that 94% of, of the ecosystem are using emails still to do all of these communications with clients. Um, it's either emails or spreadsheets or Google, uh, Word documents, but it always goes back to that email, to that inbox. Email is a 30-year-old tool that we're using as our main driver of business. Uh, you know, we don't have any other tools in our, in our toolbox that, is, that are 30 years old, years old. Something needs to evolve from there. Um, the, the, the point about WB Feedback is that we're trying to look at that communication process from the web designer, from the WordPress web designer's point of view. So a lot of the features are there to systemize the way that you communicate. Uh, even small stuff like the one-click login from the, from the dashboard. When you're doing websites at scale and, you know, when we have in the agency, every team member goes into five to ten different websites every day. 
logging in is like two, three minutes each. Then it adds up to a few hours every single week. When you have a team of 12, then it's already a salary by the end of the month, right? Right. Of people logging in and out of websites. That's how crazy it is when you really think about this. Um, but also the back and forth and wandering around the website, trying to figure out where that page is that the client described, what that section is, that misprint that they told you that there is on the third page somewhere. So uh, bringing it into the website is a, is a, a completely different uh, way of doing this that uh, just solves this problem as a whole. And I like to look at this like, you know, Chris and we started building websites a long time ago before we had uh, page builders and, uh, you know, uh, Yoast and these kind of tools. We did everything manually. We mm -hmm. actually wrote the code, the HTML, we added the CSS, or we added the meta tags to do the SEO and all these kind of stuff. Now these tools have systemized the process. And that's what WP Feedback does to your service delivery. It systemizes that entire process in the same way that before page builders, we built a site, uh, we built a page in 10 hours. Now it takes 30 minutes. That's the kind of impact that we're seeing here, which is, uh, my, it was mind blowing to me as well when we actually started using it like that. Um, so yeah, so it's just, we're seeing about uh, three hours saved per week, per team member and reducing two weeks from your project completion time, which means that you're getting paid faster. Um, and yeah, that it's just, it's just, uh, the right way of doing it as, as far as I see in, in a couple of years, there's not going to be any other way. Man, I wish I could take you back in time to an earlier version of myself with this tool. <laughs> Go check out yeah. wpfeedback.co. Vito, I want to thank you for coming on the show, and it's great to be on the journey with you. Thanks a lot, Chris. Well, you know, when we started the process, I reached out to you when I just, just started and asked you some questions about uh, the product world, and you were super helpful. So, uh, uh, yeah, I'm proud to be here on the show, and uh, uh, thanks for having me. You bet. And that's a wrap for this episode of LMS Cast. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I hope you enjoyed the show. This show was brought to you by Lifter LMS, the number one tool for creating, selling, and protecting engaging online courses to help you get more revenue, freedom, and impact in your life. Head on over to lifterlms.com and get the best gear for your course creator journey. Let's build the most engaging results getting courses on the internet.